do you get a sense that Beck, as I said, has a lot of rope to play with? They beat Tennessee Martin, but he throws a couple crappy interceptions. Or or does no, something weird. There, there's some distance. There's definitely some distance to the point where Vandergriff would be the one you would assume would be breathing down his neck if anybody would be breathing down his neck. But the buzz I hear is that Vandergriff's got to worry more about Connor Stockton. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 349 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. This is our 2023 Georgia Bulldogs season preview show. Yes, week zero has arrived. College football will be played on this Saturday. Not the dogs, but it's finally here and there's important topics to cover. On this episode, you'll hear my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, along with Seth Emerson, who is the senior writer for The Athletic, covering Georgia football. Seth, Will, and Tony jump into depth charts, schedules, and new coaches, among many other pertinent topics to get you primed for the season, which starts in about a week. This recording was done at Will's house, so it'll sound a little different than usual. And please excuse the times when it sounds like the guys are rearranging furniture. Maybe they were. I wasn't there. But seriously, it's some great insight that you won't find anywhere else. And here's Will to get it all started. Hello, and welcome to the Waiting Since Last Saturday season preview. I'm going to have Scott put in a bunch of cool laser graphics and sounds in there. Scott will totally not do that. Uh, He'll only do that if we curse. (laughs) If he curse, he'll he'll hide our cursing, but we're not going to do that. Uh, Scott is not here, as you can probably tell, because I'm doing the intro. Uh, That's the, uh, the bad news. The good news is our annual tradition continues. For our season preview edition, we have, of course, Tony, as we always have. No big deal that Tony or I are here. Uh, Also, lurking in the background, like someone in the comment section who you just know is going to pop in and say something bad at the wrong possible time, uh, is my son, William. But no offense, William, because we're doing this at my house, which is why the sound sounds a little bit different. Our special guest tonight, as always, for our big Georgia season preview, is the great Seth Emerson from The Athletic. Seth, thank you for joining us. The great... Wow. Yeah, the great. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I, I gotta tell you, I've seen some of those other people that cover Georgia athletics. They, they, whoa, they ain't whoa, coming here. Wait, wait. They ain't wait, coming no, here. No, I, I, I not, heard everything I that you said. Everything statement. that you said about all those beat reporters, right? We went before we went on. William, you heard it, right? He was so cruel about. Oh, that. No, okay, none of that's true. I just, I just no. want to state for the record. Uh, <laughs> no, Jake, let me, let's go in order. Jake Rowe, wonderful guy, great yeah. reporter. Yeah. Mark Weiser, great reporter. Mm-hmm. Anthony Dasher, good guy, good reporter. I could kidding. go on. I'm just kidding. He said nothing bad about I might, me. I might stop right there. But I could go on. <laughs> you, you he stopped could. at three, everybody. You could if you were to lie. Um, but anyway, so no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, Seth, thank you for coming on uh, and uh, and previewing the uh, the season for us. How, are you uh, are you ready to um, uh, attack the day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready to do a sequel to yeah. attack the day. <laughs> right. Like to behind the curtain, you and yeah. I had dinner last night, yes. and I think that was like I think I owed you dinner for doing the show last right. year, and literally and you I, asked me like on just, the way out, yeah, are you going to do another book? And yeah. I'm like, well, this is a like a whole different thread of conversation. It's yeah. 15 minutes, and we're like walking, yeah, walking out. away. We're, out, we're yes. like walking to our Leaving cars and Simone's, yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I I could write another book, but I'm not sure I have that in yeah. me at this point. 
But well, you should buy Attack the Day A because it's really good, and B because it is a it is a perfect capsule of right before it, everything it was about to happen. Yeah, this oh, without what I tell people, it holds without up question. as kind of the origin story yeah, of right. where we are right now yeah. in the Kirby Smart story. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love that as the origin story, right? Because it's kind of the way you left it at the end of that book is we'll see what happens, and then of course we now know. Yeah. Um, from then, because it published in eighteen, right? Or uh, twenty. Or twenty. Uh, okay. I turned it. Oh yeah, in, four in minutes. 19. Four minutes before the pandemic started. Uh, right. Yeah, and it, it published during and, and it like objectively, we all like know that people like me don't care. We're not supposed to care, but them winning two straight championships now and the book holding up the way it does is really good for me because it, the, the, the subhead, the subtitle on the front of the book that I didn't write that people were like kind of criticizing me for at the time, like George's return to glory. Um, and I was defensive of it. I was like, yeah, they did return to glory. Like at the time, like they, they did oh. go to the national championship game win it but they they went there and they're doing better than they did during the best mark rick years but it wasn't the championship now they have the championship and then two another one yeah is it is it a little surreal i know this is your show so sorry to hide you no has it how dare a reporter ask questions what yeah it the the first championship was this like great accomplishment they finally did it they got over the hump 41 years of not misery, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Forty-one years of not doing a it. frustration. Yeah, the stuff was ended on the this great Keeley Ringo interception to kind of cap it up. And Stetson Bennett is crying on the sideline. It's just this great story, and the story could end there. And then they won it again. Is it like how weird is it? It almost is like we're still talking about the first championship because they haven't lost since then. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question, something I thought a little bit about, just because the the second championship, and it could be just because of the way that that game went, uh, in, uh, in some ways, I think if you were to ask most rational Georgia fans, they would think that everything after the kick sailed left at the Peach Bowl, it was everything was found money. Um, yeah. Because that game could have gone differently, and then probably would have been Ohio State housing them 65-7, right? It's also worth noting that that when all that was happening, when it looked like Georgia was going to lose that game, I do think there was an understanding of well, you know, like it didn't have okay. It didn't have the death yeah. rattle or the yeah. monstrousness of the well, last yeah, and, and Ohio State, along with Alabama, I've had this uh, discussion again to go behind the curtain. Ari Wasserman, my mm-hmm. colleague. Uh, who mainly covers recruiting for the athletic right now, but used to cover Ohio State. Um, he's in town along with Max Olson as we record this. Um, do By the way, it. subscribe to the athletic. Yes, please. But we were talking about this, and I remember people before the game, Ohio State media members, not Ari, but um, some, some people that covered Ohio State, they're coming off the loss to Michigan, the camp yeah. in Michigan, and you know they're seeing Georgia with this big colossus, and they're asking me before the Peach Bowl, like, does Ohio State have any prayer? And I'm like, yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, they're they got like, more talent. You mean they had more talent than Michigan? Ohio State and <laughs> Alabama were the two teams yeah. Georgia was scared to yeah. see in the playoff, as and that was borne out to be reality. And so, to get back to what you were going to say, there was going to be no shame. Yeah, and right. if they had, if that field goal had gone in, yeah. people would have said Georgia people would have gone. 
Well, that sucks, but, yeah. you know. We won the championship yeah. last year. Yeah. Instead, yeah. the field goal missed, and it almost seems like the bad karma that Georgia had for years. Second and 26. The prayer at Jordan here. Five yards short. It's almost like it's all the universe has kind of corrected itself. Plays catch up. Or it's played, yeah, not corrected itself, because that connotes that Georgia was you know, wrong to be on the wrong side of history, but it's balancing itself out. And it's like, everything is turning up Georgia. Yeah. Which I think, sorry, I interrupted your thought yeah, when I was talking there. No, no, please. Like, uh, I would say that like the larger thing is that like, we talked, if you listen to the shows any of last year, so many of the shows were like, well, this is weird. Like, I feel like it was, it was hard to get like, there was never really a time, maybe Missouri, but like even Missouri, which it got scary there for a moment. I think it's gotten forgotten how scary that game got for us. I have not. Because yeah. I've written about it, talked about it <laughs> yeah. every time. When yeah. people say, "Can Georgia lose a game this year?" Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. in Missouri, and that required everything. As Bill Connolly has written about that game as well, like it required everything going exactly the right way for Missouri. But like that happens sometimes. Like that happens sometimes. And by the way, with five minutes left in that game, you knew Georgia was going to win. Well, that's the thing. It's yeah. once they got everything got back on track. Yeah. And but like for five minutes left in Ohio State, you didn't know that. No. With twenty minutes left in Ohio with State, with five you seconds yeah. left. And yeah. so I think that is. That leads to the overall. We're going to go positional stuff and go through all that stuff. But to me, the like the fascinating thing about this is we spent so much time last year talking about like how did like I always joke that after the Cardinals won the World Series in 2011, I did not I was not ready for spring training to start. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, wait, this all this does is start a season where eventually someone else is going to be the champion, and I want to be the champion. And somehow, like the, the uh, it's almost like like no one had really come down yet. Yeah. And the season had this kind of like, they just kept winning and winning and winning. And they were obviously really good, but there still was a sense like, yeah, but the defense wasn't as awesome as it was the year before. And, yeah. and, and, and there was all this, this kind of vibe of, um, uh, it's all bonus time. Yeah. It's all bonus time. Yeah. And what I find interesting, and this goes back to the piece that you wrote for the Athletic this week, that was really good. And I thought it was a great idea, as I told you last night. Which is the idea that now that they've won two, I think I want three more than, more I, than I wanted. Two. Yes, yeah. and I think that, and I think that is an interesting place to be because because the fact is, is two is like two is obviously incredible, but nobody gets three. Like yeah. nobody gets three. Saban never got three. Bryant never got three. Nobody ever got three. And the idea to get three. And nobody's like, there's no real disputes about this. Because oh, right, I've right, gone right, through, right. like, I mean, there some people brought up, like, Army, and there was an Alabama team. But no, there's no, like, nobody rose up when I wrote right, that right. Minnesota story in the comments to say, aha, what right, about right. blah, blah, blah. And it's weird in college football in a sport that has been such top-down, yeah. like, elite team-driven. And, you know, it's just a series of blue bloods, like, over the years that there's no been the seeming dynasty. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma for the 47 game winning streak. Is that right? 47, 37. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. Because one of the years they were actually number three, they were unbeaten, but they yeah. were number three and two teams ahead of them. You know, I mean, it's, a and no one was sweating this stuff as much back then. Right. 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 And so like, that's why I find about this is now that you, and also not just, 
that now that you're here trying to win three, it certainly seems to me, and I wrote this in my New York Magazine column today, that this feels like the last season of college football as you know it. That does not mean that no one's going to like college football moving forward, but obviously so many things are changing specifically yes. this year, and I think you can certainly make a good argument that it's going to be much harder. It's, it's going to be easier to make the playoff, mm-hmm. but harder to win the playoff. Right. Well, TCU does not get to the championship right, game right, right. if there's a 12-team playoff last year. No, probably not. No. It's funny that we were watching, my wife and I were watching the uh, Kansas State-TCU Big 12 championship right. game, and she's watching that game, and she had forgotten that Kansas State won that game, which makes sense, yeah. right? Because TCU won that game uh, ranked third, and they came out of the game after losing ranked third. Uh, if they didn't win that game, would they have been two? Yes, they won I that think, game. Um, well, no, Michigan, no, Michigan still would have been too. So it didn't matter. It didn't it didn't yeah. matter. Uh, although if USC beats Utah, they probably yeah, well, that's make it, it, right? Uh, so having said all of that, um, you know, the, the part about it that's really interesting is she's like, how, how did how did they beat Michigan? I said, like, Well, that's a luck, but they also game plan really well for Michigan. Because Sunny Dog's a good football coach. Uh, and he he is very good at figuring out his what what his skill works out. But when you add the variability of even if they had been the top four seed last year, and I don't think they would have been in a 12 team playoff, uh, well, they couldn't have been because they weren't a conference yeah. champion, right? But as, as it stands today, yeah. we'll see what happens That's in the next eight months. All under review, uh, yeah. thanks to uh, all the Big things, Ten, Pac 10, Pac 12, Pac 4, Pac 3. You've got to play three games just to get to the. It's going to get harder. Right. Right. Yes. right. It's getting harder, no matter who I mean, you are. I mean, I mean, again, I'm sorry to keep doing this, but even go back to like old baseball days, the reason the Yankees won all those World Series back in the day is all they had to do is finish first in the American League and they went straight to the World Series. Yeah, they yeah. played a seven-game series. I, I think that in a 12-team playoff last year, the championship game would have come out of either Georgia, Ohio State, or Alabama, as in two of those three teams would, play each other. would yeah. have yeah. been in there. But also weird stuff happens, right? Like weird, like TCU being. Which doesn't happen twice. No, but it can happen. But it can happen to you once, right? Now, but the thing is with Michigan is they've still got enough. Like to let's move it forward this year. Ari was asking me, like, you think Georgia's going to win the national championship again this year? And I, my first inclination was, man, I just. You know, I, I, I can't say that. I, pick the I, field. I've, I've put right. it, I've said pick the field, like 35 to 40% chance for Georgia. The problem is who from the field? Right. Everybody's on Michigan right now, but I can't pe- pick Michigan to beat Georgia for the same reason I can't pick Kentucky to beat Georgia. Because <laughs> they do the thing because worse. They are, Wait, does Kentucky they are, beat Georgia period <laughs> in their practice? Yeah, well. yeah, Kentucky hasn't beat Georgia since 2009. In that time, every other team from the East has beaten Georgia twice, right. other than Missouri, right? Because Missouri only beat Georgia yeah. in 2013. Yeah. yeah, almost did in 2015 yeah. and 20, um, 2022. But Kentucky and Michigan are both mini Georgias. They're built the same way. I mean, Michigan Georgia, is explicitly But so. without the talent level. Yeah. Ohio State and Alabama are still the teams that can knock off Georgia, but they have big questions. Alabama's got questions at quarterback. Ohio State, not sure about their quarterback at this point either. Um, Alabama throw in, you've got two new coordinators. There's so many questions about everybody. I'm, I would almost at this point pick the field as in not Georgia, not Michigan, not Alabama, not uh, 
Oh, interesting. Not Ohio not State. Not those big four. Someone will come out that we're not thinking about the way we weren't thinking about TCU last come year. Come on, Oregon State. Higher. <laughs> That's yeah. a happy story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but ultimately, yeah. if I – like, the bet I would make is if Georgia or the field, I take the field. But if you're telling me I got to pick one team and one team only, I pick Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. So and I mean, people are clearly doing that. The yeah. Only team in the country. And that might be a good way to jump into our review of Georgia. Is so obviously, if you were to say these four teams, if you had to pick one team out of the four to make the championship game, you'd pick Georgia. Yes, because of the easier road. Um, the closer we've gotten to the season, the more skeptical I am of the Tennessee game being the roadblock for Georgia. I've been skeptical of that for months. They, they're just a little more questions. They seem like a team that's more likely to fall back to 9-3. However, the game is still in Knoxville. You're still talking about a good offense there, and like if, if things go their way. But then the problem is that is Tennessee a good enough team that they will only win, only lose one game right. that's the rest of their schedule? I'm not sure they will. Even if they were to upset Georgia that night, I think they have two losses in them somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I Whereas with Georgia, Alabama's going to beat the brakes off of that. That's exactly the right way I would say it. I'm not sure where Georgia's second loss comes from. I don't think there is. And that, so, and so, really, that affects Tennessee less than it affects Georgia. That Georgia loses that game, Tennessee, as long as everything else is And then the question is: Does be Alabama or LSU, whoever emerges from the West, or even Texas A&M, do do they? Give Georgia a fight, right? In the championship. I mean, I think all three teams are built to do. I have the talent to do so. Yeah, including A and M. Yeah, including A and M. Alabama is probably built to do so. I Brian Kelly showed me a lot of coaching chops, and I've gone from a Brian Kelly skeptic to hold as opposed to sell. I'm still, I still gotta see it because that's still the. In my mind, they are, I, I they have a lot of star power on that team. They do, but their depth beyond the starters, beyond the I first mean, it's, team, it's year two. Yeah, yes. like it's year two, right? Yeah. But like, I also, I still see him calling for field goals in in South Bend, right? <laughs> Knowing you have to score at least one touchdown, yeah. to field goal, Jesus, and field goal, Jesus, constantly calling for the field. Yeah, that was yeah. that was my favorite yeah. tweet. Might be my favorite tweet ever. Is <laughs> saying field goal, Jesus, with a picture. So, I, I, when we get into actual preview of Georgia itself, I find myself kind of amused when I look back, because I basically have 10 years of Georgia history, and I always find it amusing how much, even, even in the Kirby era, how much quarterbacks and who the quarterback is and how nationally how much faith or lack of faith people have in the quarterback – tends to drive everything. Let's not remember the year that it was cool to pick Georgia to win the national championship. The reason it was, was JT Daniels. That was the idea like, oh, we've got that. Now they've got the quarterback. That's the thing that they've been missing is their guy, that quarterback. And JT Daniels is going to be that guy. And, Actually, turn out being uh, being that, but that was the reason. If you if you if you read all of the preview magazines from that year, the whole thing is that why is this the year for Georgia? Because they finally have solved the quarterback problem. So that makes me skeptical of the notion to be like, well, they've got this guy, they've got they've got a new quarterback. So how much can you buy into him? But the fact remains is while we've seen Carson Beck a little. We have not seen him in Big Mo's. And frankly, it will be a while until we see him in a Big Mo, which I think is right. one of the best things he's got going for him. But I'm curious, what are your, and I say this to you as well, Tony, what are you, do you think it is accurate to say 
that the biggest question for Georgia this year is the quarterback. Yeah, I I would say that. Uh, I, I've said this before that one of my other questions is the defensive line. That the thing no one talks about is the fact that nobody can run the ball on Georgia. Nobody has been able to run the ball on Georgia. That's why the Tennessee game ended up a nothing burger because when Tennessee could not run the ball and became one-dimensional, yeah. then Georgia was able to do what they wanted. Georgia could sit on defense. Off. Yeah. Right. Um, and Ohio State, as effective as they were, it was mostly the pass, yeah. almost all the pass. The only runner was Stroud. Right, yeah, <laughs> yes, especially on the last drive. Uh, but this year there's no Jalen Carter, there's no Bear Alexander, um, who, you know, not at Jalen Carter's level, but he was expected to step in and be a starter. Uh, does, does all this attrition catch up to them? They've still got some pretty good D linemen, and I think they've got some D linemen for the future and guys like Jordan Hall and Jamal Jarrett, but does it happen yet? Um, but ultimately, quarterback is what you come down to, and I think Carson Beck has the tools. People kind of forget he wasn't a five star, he was like, it was a four-star ranked number 250 overall yeah. in his class. Vandergrift's a higher recruit, right? Been, yeah. yeah. Vandergrift and, and, yeah. and Stunner. Yeah. Um, but Beck has been around so long. He's got the knowledge. He's got the experience. And it. I think it's a good sign for him and for Georgia that Kirby went ahead and announced him as the starter. That showed that like, he felt confident in him. I, I think the one thing I would add to that is I am obviously quarterback is concerned. I'm more concerned about the outside linebackers. And I'll tell you why. Quarterback is such an important position, right? This only player besides the center touches the ball absolutely ever playing. Um, but it's, we might have the deepest receiver room we've had in a long, long, long time. Uh, probably have the deepest receiver room. Have uh, absolutely the best tight end in the nation by a fair amount. And if the running backs can stop falling by the wayside, I'm um, we have a really good set of running backs. Um, and that doesn't mean we don't have some really talented guys are going to probably step up an outside linebacker, but a lot of uh, the outside linebackers are not asked quite to do as much as inside linebackers in Kirby's defense or, or Muschamp and Schumann's defense. Um, but they still play such an important role to contain. Um, and especially as we get down the road and start playing some teams that where they're going to be asked to drop into pass coverage and also spy quarterback Tennessee game, for example, um, that they're, we're going to have to have some guys step up. Now, traditionally, that has not been, uh, at least since 17, 18, hasn't been like the calling card of Georgia's defense. We've had perfectly good. Especially all, as the nickel as has the nickel become the, that's exactly basically the base defense. Right. Right. The outside linebacker, there's only usually right. one right. on the field. Right. And they played without Nolan Smith. For the stretch run last year, I think including the Tennessee game. Yeah, and I thought, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think he might have been out for the Tennessee out by game. Okay, um, so I think it was the Chaz Chambliss show at that point. Um, it, but this this also goes a long way to answer the question about both quarterback and outside linebacker. George recruited and developed so well; it almost would be a stunning. I hear what you're saying about people like, well, the quarterback because it's Kirby, but also I, I don't think it's because it's Kirby. I think it's because he's new. Well, either way, but either but people will say oh, that's Kirby. Yeah. Some people have actually said that, but um, the the way Georgia has recruited and developed on both sides of the ball, there's only one or two coaches that I would say has done has done 
a better job through their career than Kirby has and what them coach to Alabama. Well, look at also how the narrative has changed. You talk about quarterback last year. How many people were not picking Georgia to repeat because of stats? Like, remember the, the whole thing was like, well, he, should, he look at the found money he got. He ret- yeah. why, why wouldn't he just quit and now? Then, then he ends up like, now the dude is going to. You mean like, second string quarterback for the Rams? I have to say, one? like yeah, and, and I, I missed this to last night. Like, if that's something that turns out to be a great NFL quarterback, it's one of the greatest yeah. sports okay. of all time. It's like, so, so stupid. And I say stupid in a loving kind of way because he's like your Georgia. And it's just like yeah. I, it's just stupid. Yeah. It's crazy. But what about the narrative of Kirby as a game day coach? He I mean that's changed too. winning the national the first national championship was one thing. The second, winning that Peach Bowl. The, the timeout before the finish. The timeout, really. Yeah, yeah. that changed, that yeah. not flipped the narrative because it was already changing. That cemented yeah. everybody believing that the, the, dude in the moment is a he'll great, the right. dude is more than just a very good recruiter. Yeah. And a scheme is guy, a, right. And, and I think, to be fair to the critics, he learned. Yes. The, the Kirby of year one, year two even, in Georgia where they almost won the championship, Year three, you know, where they called the fake punt, the, or, fake, punt, you know, right. the fake punt, and they wouldn't call off the fake punt when they should have. The Kirby of year four, when I think that was the year of calling, or was year three was the fake field goal at yes. LSU. Yeah, year, that, was, that was all in year three. Um, year four, several things went wrong, um, like the South Carolina game. Yeah. But that fake punt timeout last year impressed so many people. How could it not? It was, it was, I mean, like, yeah. it was... And, like, it, and it wasn't, like, somebody from above, right, as right. far as we... I mean, it wasn't, you can it wasn't see it. someone in the press box I also saying, think, Kirby, yeah. they're doing this call timing. It was Kirby himself. And for what it's worth, again, these, thing, these narrative things are always media-related because we also got to see it. Like, you could see... Yeah. You got to see from the beginning him right. realizing what's going on, yeah. running up to do it. Like, we saw the whole progression of it. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm sorry, I do keep... Feel like we do, do keep going back to the quarterback a little bit though, because I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Like, I think it, like it wasn't that long ago that like Dewan Mathis was the starting quarterback uh, in a game, and the idea was, and it didn't, and listen, they bailed on him immediately and put in sets in it. In retrospect, him. every decision Kirby has made at quarterback is defensible. Yeah. The one, and Kirby has brought it up, like they screwed up on Stetson Bennett. They should have given right. him from the get go. They, they right. should have given Stetson Bennett the way he said it. Like is more reps. Right. right. We should have. He shouldn't have been the third string quarterback to start the twenty twenty one. They were recruiting, recruiting rankings. Right. Yeah. But which, generally speaking, is Todd Duncan has said, "Yeah, I got that wrong yeah. by saying yeah. Stetson Bennett shouldn't play for us." Like they were, they were too believing it. Like I wrote a story. I gotta be careful in how I say this, but I wrote a story during the 2019 season, Bennett's first year back after transferring, where I used an Eric Stokes quote as the headline and said, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett, once-in-a-lifetime quarterback. 2019. Okay. This was Stokes saying it, and then I wrote a whole story about Stetson Bennett. Someone um, high up texted... (laughs) someone else and said, I thought Seth wasn't writing clickbait anymore. <laughs> and and that that got back to me and I'm like, so what? Do I have this wrong? And that person was like, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And as it turns out, as it, it, the thing is, everybody was wrong. Everyone. Everyone was wrong after he won the national championship. Yeah. That to me is the most incredible I part turned, about it. I turned. I was yeah. still... 
I was still like, cause I'm totally honest about yeah. everything. Okay. Like in 2017 or the 2018 spring, when people were asking her, you know, give Stetson Bennett a scholarship to stay on. I was like, why are we talking about Stetson Bennett? Yeah. Like what the, what, what were we doing in 2021 before the orange bowl win over Michigan? I'm sitting there going, I might give JT Daniels a shot. But then when Stetson Bennett went out and did what he did, I'm like, I'm good. For the record, in the first half, there were people that were still calling for JT Daniels in that game. Let's not forget that. In that game when they were... In the oh, Alabama like game. 21, or in the Alabama game. In the Alabama game, Alabama. people were I was not. At that point, I was like, nope, you, you ride. He yeah, did look riled up a few times. Remember that? The ball where he... We, that, he back does there. that. Yeah, I know, but we didn't know he's going to win national right, championship. Let that. me... Here's my question about Carson okay. Beck. Here's my question about Carson Beck. I think we're, we're probably on the same length here. Wavelength. If, yeah. like, obviously the way the first four games are set up, mm-hmm. it seems to be a perfect sort of on-ramp for him to be able to be going. Nevertheless, that's why I frankly brought up Dewan Mathis. The idea of if I don't th- like Carson Beck is a better quarterback than Dewan Mathis, has more experience than Dewan Mathis, it's obviously not going to be a Dewan Mathis situation. However, if Beck doesn't look, how much rope does Beck have? It would probably be the best way to ask the question. Um, when did we see Dewan Mathis fail? Uh, a quarter and a half into the first game. Yeah, the first game. That was the, that was the, and then that when was, was the second time? Did we never we saw him fail again? We did. Did we? When did we see Mathis oh, again? He was named the Florida. starter. No. Oh, he came in Florida. That's he right. came in Florida game That's when right. Bennett we got hurt. Was, was oh, I don't. Really, I forgot, I forgot about that. When, when Bennett hurt his shoulder, Those the, same, were, the same play that Mar- uh, Rosemary Jackson broke his leg. Right? Yes. Same play. Yes. The point being, Don Mathis looked good enough in practice that they gave him the job. And when the lights came on, when the game was in yeah. doubt, he couldn't do it. And who came in and rescued him at Arkansas? Who had that clutch gene at the first national championship game in the fourth quarter? The fourth quarter, or the whole second half against Ohio State, uh, it was Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett had that clutch gene. You could you could find plenty of drives, quarters, games in his career where he was not on top of his game, but when they needed him, the lights. he yeah. did it. Can Carson Beck do that? Right. Is Carson Beck, does Carson Beck have the Stetson Bennett clutch gene, or at least does he not screw it up? Or is there some Dwan Mathis in him? Because 2021, week two against UAB, who they play again this year, Carson Beck was supposed to start. Yeah. When JT Daniels that was had like, the, didn't had his the dad say something about how he was going to start? It was his high school coach. Yeah, that's right. And that's, right. that, that's a whole inside baseball kind of thing. Like, I think. It got reported that because his high school coach yeah, was right. saying it, but his high school coach had old information. Right, right, right. That came out on a Friday from everything, and Todd Munkin said this, and Todd Munkin isn't really a full of crap guy. Am I? Yeah, I, you can say crap. Okay, what, you can say crap. What about the S word? He's he's full of, he's a full, full of shit. Of he's not a full okay. of shit guy. He's Todd Munkin, because Todd Munkin This is what Scott that. gets not yeah. for being here. He okay. has to go well, deal yeah. Todd Munkin was not a full of shit guy. And Todd Munkin has you know, basically confirmed the story that I'd heard before that, which was that the week of that, like it was going to be Carson Beck's show, and he didn't do well. Yeah, and so Munkin said, get out of there and put Bennett in. Yeah. And for I think for a lot of people, they're like, why don't you just give, give the younger guy. We've seen what Stetson Bennett can do. Give the younger – you're just playing UAB. Give the younger guy a chance. We, and there's a but logic to it. But he wouldn't do it. There's a logic to it. Yeah. 
Carson Beck back then yeah. blew his chance yeah. to start. Now the narrative. There's some people who have said, well, you know, if, if Carson Beck had done well, then you know it would have been his show, and we would have never heard of Stetson Bennett. I don't know about that. I think um, I think I think. I mean, maybe, I, we're about to find JT out. JT Daniels would have. Yeah, I mean, we're about to find out, and that's the thing. But that's what I'm curious about. How does does Carson Beck lack that X factor, that clutch gene, or did he just need some two, time? Yeah, two more years. Yeah, I mean, like keep in mind, Stetson Bennett is three years older than Carson Beck. Yeah. I guess that's the question, though, is Carson Beck is the quarterback, and the fact that Kirby made it clear that he was a quarterback early on is a sign of confidence. But what if he's, like, listen, I I would be uh, South Carolina maybe, but, like, it's hard to imagine too much sweating in these first four games. Maybe South Carolina if something weird happens. But, like, when they're evaluating... There, there were times where it made more sense to start back or to start Mathis or to do so on, and they didn't because of why, how it looked that week or so on. Is Do you get a sense that Beck, as I said, has a lot of rope to play with? Or do you think that how, – how far behind him is Vandegrift or Stockton is probably the best way to put it. If things go if – if they win – they beat Tennessee Martin, but he throws a couple crappy interceptions – or or does no, something weird? There, there's some distance. There's definitely some distance to the point where Vandergriff would be the one you would assume would be breathing down his neck if anybody would be breathing down his neck. But the buzz I hear is that Vandergriff's got to worry more about Connor Stockton. I was about to ask you about that. Yeah. I, so I, I, there is a there is a distance yeah. between uh, Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff, and that's that's the. That's the vibe that I get. Like you gotta, and I pointed this out in my story because I thought it was important when I wrote the story of Kirby confirming Carson Beck as the starter. It was unprompted. Right. It was the. It was like the second question in the press conference, and it was not by me. Um, it was by another lesser media member um, asking, <laughs> "What's the difference this year when you have a quarterback competition?" And in my mind, I've, I've said. For six months, I'm like, any question that is predicated on the fact that there is a quarterback competition (laughs) is a wasted question because there is not a quarterback competition. Kirby just hasn't confirmed it. This time, Kirby said, well, you know, Carson Beck's our starter. Do you think that's about Beck or do you think that's about Kirby getting wiser with the media and realizing this is the this is the chum they want? I was was talking with a fellow reporter, one of the ones that I mentioned earlier who I get along with. that I think there's something in the water in that I think Kirby, I don't know if I would say mellowed or softened, but I think he's recalibrating some things. Um, he may have just decided separately that it was time to announce Beck as the starter, um, that maybe that was good for Carson Beck, like everything was made with that in mind. But there's also some other things he's done, and I think a lot of it goes back to stuff that happened this summer yeah. Um, yeah. that everybody knows about. And the off-field. Yeah, business. the off-field stuff. And I think the message has gone to a lot of people that uh, some of the, I think, motivation towards going after Kirby and the program has been Kirby's public demeanor. With the press, and that maybe this is for a long time, and, and, something and, we'll a and yeah. then maybe recalibrating some of that in bits and pieces. Um, 
It's small things, though. It's not. It's, like it's he, a vibe that I. He's get. not Jim Beheim. Like he's not like I will call, return every God. phone call. But I'm just saying, that, like Jim Beheim survived for 15 years longer than he should have because he returned every reporter's phone call and, and all the media people. Except for student reporters. Kirby, yeah, well, that's a lot. That's another story. But Kirby, like Kirby, is not ever going to be that sort of guy. Nor does he need to be that sort of guy. But I, but Kirby away from press conferences is much. Of course, of course, it's a much different person. Well, God, who isn't? Yeah, <laughs> like, but the Kirby of press conferences yeah. and the per- the Kirby who restricts access to his program <laughs> and, and etc. is the one who kind of invites some criticism right. and invites people who, to be a little more motivated to take him down right. to be to be blunt. There's been some now. Some of that's already been happening. Like very people kind of forget this, but like in 2020. He allowed position coaches to talk to the media. It was over Zoom. People didn't remember, but it was like Cortez Hankton, just the receivers coach, Matt Luke. This time around, this year, we got to talk to Todd Hartley. Um, We've talked to Del McGee. He's the running backs coach. Um, He's the running coordinator. So technically, he's a coordinator. So little stuff like that. But uh, we've talked, the media has, like, let's let's not be like, crazy here. It's not like he's flung open the locker room and we've been able to talk to whoever we just want to talk to. We're still given you are able to talk to these three players today. But um, Jamon Dumas Johnson and Marcus Roseme Jackson, two of the players arrested in the offseason for infractions, speeding infractions, we've talked to both of them in this preseason. And past preseasons, they kind of hid players who were who got in off-field problems and some of that, I think, may have been like discipline-related in terms of you screwed up. I almost said the F word. You screwed up. You're going to have to face the music with the media. Also, there's no better punishment you can give someone than to make them talk to talk with these guys. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but some of it may also have been, you know, I'm going to – yeah, that I, it, they, he realizes that there's going to be negative headlines when Marcus Roseme Jackson meets with us. But he's okay with it. Yeah. He's like, we're, we'll, do, we'll do it. We're fine. So when you look at this team, because I, I to me, I still feel like the story that, like, what's the – is there any way before – looking at Georgia's schedule, is there any way that Carson Beck can play himself out of starting the first big game, whatever you decide that that is? Maybe, yeah. you, maybe you can call it South Carolina. I won't call it. Yeah. But, like, is there any way – that in assuming that Georgia wins all of those games, mm-hmm. is there any way that he cannot start that game? I think, given the first two games, I think it would have to happen against South Carolina. Yeah. I just don't see. So it's not that definitely much not UT Martin, right. um, Ball State. From what I know about them, you know they're just nice yeah. MAC team. They're starting they're, quarterback. They're going to roll. It's going to be weird for them playing on a Saturday. Yeah, their starting quarterback, by the way, from last year, uh, transferred to Illinois as a walk-on. So that's how where Ball State is. Right okay, <laughs> that's where Ball State is. Right I, I think maybe the South Carolina game. Yeah, that if, feels right. If, if Carson Beck shits the bed there, but then I'm not sure which one they go to. So no one's knocking on the door. No, there's no. there's definitely a distance right now. There's, it's it's more a worry about whether quarterback does become a real problem for them. But I would also go back to their 
we haven't mentioned Mike Bobo's name. Yes. But uh, when, when did they have real quarterback issues during Mike Bobo's first tenure? Like, he, they, he always had a pretty good handle yeah. on that position. He did have Aaron Murray for four years. Yeah, I mean, you know, then Hudson Mason. Who, you know, he was, he was, he was Fine, nice. Um, even 2009, Joe Cox, you know, Joe Tereshinsky. Before that, he had Matt Stafford for three years. Like he, you know, we do say, well, he had Aaron Murray for three years, but or for four years, but Aaron Murray that never started a game in the NFL. Yeah, yes, but, yeah, that's true, but... Clearly, I don't think even Aaron Murray would say that he was, even Mike Bobo would say he was successful because of Mike Bobo. Like, yeah, no, I'm just that. saying with Mike Bobo, you have a good, you have a guy who's going to have a good handle on that position, right. who's going to coach that position well. So if I'm not worried about the quarterback, what should I be most worried about? You think it's the defensive line? Yeah. Um, or maybe an overall sense of complacency. I mean, there's a reason that nobody's won three yeah. in a row. The first the year, the first year is the first year. The second year is, well, we lost fifteen players to the draft. Everybody's doubting us and all the crap that you know, they shoveled, <laughs> like that they that Kirby Smart really and Nolan Smith made up. My example I always use of this is that literally there's an interview after the Dream Team won the gold medal in 1992, where Clyde Drexler says, "No one believed in us." Did he <laughs> say like, that? You're there literally is? Okay. the Dream Team. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they'll always find something. Yeah, yeah. Clyde I mean, was also the 11th guy. Yeah, sure. So just the only guy above later should tell you a few things. Yeah. Um, I, I, in thinking about Mike Bobo. Because there are people yelling at their podcast machine right now going like, of course the problem's going to be Bobo. Um, I, I've said on this podcast and I've said to anybody else that will listen that I'm not worried about Mike Bobo for a couple of reasons. First off, I, I think if, you want to, if you're going to point at what happened to him at Colorado State, you're ignoring a couple of very important things. First off, as a head coach, it's very different than being a coordinator. Second off, I think it's not unfair to say that there were some health things that made it harder for Offense him. was pretty good at Colorado State, too. That's where I was going. Offense yeah. was pretty good. But there were some health things that, that led him to not recruit as well as he needed to at Colorado State. Um, the offense wasn't the problem. It was the yeah. defense, which it usually goes the other way, right? If you get a defensive coordinator that starts, the offense sucks. and But that doesn't normally happen when you have an offensive coordinator go be a head coach. Is that something people should worry about, Mike Bobo? No, I mean – even like I, I, I talked to reporters who covered Auburn and South Carolina and during the Bobo years, and they're all like, "No, Bobo was fine. That wasn't the he problem." Wasn't, you know, and the thing is, yeah, he wasn't the problem. He's no mystery. We all saw it. <laughs> right. Like Will, I think you got here at the end of the Bobo era, but we all saw the last years of Mike. But we we and he's forty nine years old. He's not over the hill. Right. He um so one of the things that that, that always makes it me crazy are people are like, well you know South Carolina and they got fired at Auburn. Um, every offensive coordinator that worked for our current co co defensive coordinator struggled because yeah. the Will Muschamp Will Muschamp really struggled with letting the offense criticism you hear about Bobo was there was like one or two calls. It well, stood out. Then. Yeah, the same thing people want to bring up in 12, for example. Um, Excuse me. And look, I'm heartened by the fact that Mike Bobo or 
or Kirby Smart or somebody chose to keep the same terminology. Yeah. Because of nothing else, that makes it easier for the players, right? But it also implies that, and I know Bobo said that the playbook is some different. It also, I mean, good offensive coordinators look at the tools you have and build your offense around that. And I don't think my Bobo, everyone out there, that that's why... That's why I ran the ball. That's why I ran the ball in South Carolina. Your best player, you, you, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. But um, you, you, you mentioned earlier if running backs can stay healthy. Right. They're not. Not right now. <laughs> so no. the whole run the ball Bobo thing, that may only happen in the third and fourth quarter so that they can preserve right. their wide receivers and tight ends. Their, their strength is going to be their wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, if someone's yelling him to run the ball when he's got Brock Bowers uh, down the field, yeah, and, and it I feels like an outdated taunt. Lawson Lucky's going to be hurt to start the year, but you know he should be back. He'll by be back. South was, Carolina yeah, or October. Um, Pierce Berlin's been healthy in the preseason. Oscar Delp is around. He could, you know, he could also be, 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 be got a little thick, right? Yeah, yeah. Be, I think because he wanted. You know, to be able to block a little more because Brock Bowers is not going to be your attached to the line tight end. That's well, just not, you? yeah. Um, but they have Dominic Lovett as a slot guy. They've got Arian Smith as an outside speed guy. They've, by the way, Ladd McConkey's still around. If you um, hadn't heard of him, Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint. Um, you know, they've got, and then they've got Carson Beck back there slinging it, and they feel really good about their O line. Mike Bobo's not going to hand the ball off very much. Yeah. If, if they do it much in September, it's to maybe hide a few plays. It's maybe to develop the running backs they have and uncork these wide receivers down the stretch in October and such. Yeah, which of the running backs do you think we'll see the most of? Uh, Dajon Edwards at this point okay. because he's healthy. Oh, and healthy. Um, although Branson Robinson is, is getting back. Like, he's been able to scrimmage a little bit. So, if, you know, he – I mean, I don't think there's much reason to throw him out there for, like, 20 carries against UT Martin, but maybe 10 carries and then kind of build on it. I think he may have the most upside. So the Andrew, Andrew Paul Love was throwaway lines at Preston No, Price. no, I think, I, think, I, I think at this point any of those scholarship tailbacks and maybe some of the walk-ons, like yeah. Cash Jones even, like, yeah. they're going to get carries because there's, like, you. the thing is, Kendall Milton, everyone wants to write him off. He's still really good. He just needs to be healthy. So maybe you just give Kendall Milton enough carries to keep him fresh and not rusty, but try to preserve him for the stretch run. Well, I think a lot of this has – like I'm actually curious how much the psychology of the schedule – like the way the schedule is set up. It's what we talk about over and over and over and over. Yeah, Is the idea of the – like the way that – the way it's set up, it feels like it, the first half of the season is mostly keeping your powder dry. It's mostly yeah. keeping people not getting hurt, not showing too many plays, as you talk about, and figuring out what you've got. Because, I mean, we can talk about this. And I, this is, obviously, people have talked a ton about the schedule and how supposed it is. For what's worth, there aren't a lot of teams that have a tough two. Like Ole Miss and Tennessee, two of the last three games, that 95% of college football would not want to face those teams in two of yeah. the last three games. So like, and that's not to say that Georgia is. Not, I think it's always weird to say that like Georgia's schedule is so easy. Well, one of the like the people always talk about like like uh, um, you know one of the reasons that uh, teams are really good is they don't have to play themselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like Georgia doesn't have to play Georgia, and so yeah. their schedule looks easier because they don't have to play Georgia. Yeah. And yes, they also don't have to play Alabama and don't have to play Texas A&M. But the real reason people are saying this is like no one, no one is looking at anyone in the SEC East and saying, "Wow, their schedule is so well, easy." because they got to play Georgia. I wrote this column um, that I I kind of workshopped. It occurred to me while I was running with my friend Paul Welch, who will appreciate the mm-hmm. shout out. Um, Good guy, great beard. Yes, it needs to cut it. He does. Yeah. Um, but, like, Georgia's schedule is its own fault because it has sucked up so much yeah. oxygen in the East that it is part of the reason Florida has slipped. It is part of the yeah. reason Auburn's not in the East, but they recruit the same right. territory. It's part of the reason Auburn has slipped. Part of the reason Tennessee. The reason the teams in the East are worse is because they used to get players that Georgia's getting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so. That's part of the reason Georgia has been so dominant. And do you think that changes that, in, a, in a lack of East-West world after this year? Yes, yes. Because we've already seen what the twenty twenty four schedule looks like, right? Like that's that's the new world. Yeah, but there's no Missouri every yeah, year. There's yeah. no South Carolina every year. There's no Vanderbilt. But it's every not year. just the schedule. It is the idea that your direct competitors now are no longer just Missouri, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee. Your direct competitors are Alabama, Texas, and so on. Yes, and you are playing them as much yeah. as you're playing everybody exactly. else except your three permanent exactly. opponents, which I think, by the way, still... Up in the air is something that will last. You will notice that in the eight-game schedule they released, everybody's three permanent opponents that you assume Showed are part of those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they still want to get to eight games. They, I think the SEC may need to just... Let that Except yeah. that they're not going to get more money from ESPN, and they should go to nine games so they can preserve the Deep South's oldest rivalry the third Saturday of October. Because there's a, there's enough stuff getting blown up that you got to let people have that. It's it's I don't I don't know that we want to go too much into. I think we were talking about this yeah. at dinner last night. I am a provo- proponent of the twelve team playoff. I think it gives more access to more teams around the country and more areas of the country. Obviously, I'm a proponent of NIL and NIL rights and all that. So you're a communist. I get it. Yes. Um, And I hate realignment. And I don't think you can blame playoff and NIL and the transfer portal. That is something we definitely talked about. That's something something we definitely talked about. Like, I understand that a lot of changes are happening. I just wrote about how disorienting and how kind of depressing all these changes are. These changes are not happening because of NIL. That's no. not why they're happening. No. And I know that that NIL but has the shiny thing. So, but if you if you if you're not I mean, by the shiny thing, I think it means that like if you've decided that you don't want to actually learn what this is, you can blame it on NIL. Yeah. But if you actually put in a half an ass worth an effort, you can see that NIL is, is not. Now, not to say NIL is some flawless thing that's gotten locked down and is not going to change dramatically in the years moving forward. But the idea of realignment is happening because NIL of NIL is ridiculous, and they're not. They're, they're, they are not connected. And oh, I agree. Yeah. But I still. It's, yeah. it's easy to blame it on something yeah. you don't like. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Which, it's not. It's yeah. not. The playoff, either, even though it's all going to happen around the same time in 2024, especially like from the SEC yeah. standpoint, Greg Sankey, whose conference was doing great yeah. with a 14 playoff, pushed for the 12 team because, on the one hand, altruistically, he wanted college football 
to do well. And that he's like, that means we need all areas of the country to be involved later in the season. But not so altruistically, he realized this is going to get our third, maybe fourth right. team in every but year. But now that's up in the air, man. Like, we, I, I have to say, my, I don't, we talked about this last week, I don't see, in a world where everyone's just like, yeah, we're just getting every dollar we can right now as quick as we can, why would you nod to the group of five teams anymore? Like, don't nod. Like, like, why? like I think they should. I think college football is yeah. better if they do. But, like, without that person in charge, and honestly, Sankey is as close as you will find to someone that is in charge of college. Like, he's not, obviously. Yeah. But, like, I like, I always liked that that's something that he cared about. But I don't think... I still think the group of five... He'll drop it if he has to. I think, I think he was fine with a group of five. I think this this saber-rattling right now is not about getting 12 at large at largest. I think it's about, ultimately, the common sense thing of, well, the six... You know, the best six game. conference champs getting in was predicated on five yeah, power five, five teams, yeah, yeah. and then we'll give it to the yeah. the Tulane. What do you think of like whatever year? I, now there's only four power conferences, and there's really only two, two in right. a lot of people's yeah. minds. Like I think you'll see those conferences, and they'll be that'll be it, and then everything else is at large. That would be my guess. Those oh, you four, think so? and then at large, the four. Okay. Why would they not do a group of five anymore? I I, I think you may be right. And there would be an assumption that out of eight at-large spots, a group of five team will emerge. That's a big uh, presumption. Right. Like right now, like... If I'm saying that they will... I think I agree with you. They'll end up at four and eight. Yeah. And then they'll say out of eight, somebody will be... We'll yeah. pick one, yeah. yeah. But they won't. <laughs> like honestly, this year, I mean, like like we've we've done this before. Like is it Tulane? That's I mean, the Tulane, best one this year. Tulane, Tulane has a schedule for it, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, are they really going to pick Tulane over a two-loss Georgia or a two-loss LSU? I not in this world because yeah. because there's a television exec somewhere. Hey guys, no one's watching Tulane. Yeah, well, the, the problem is this is being run by television. Exactly, guys, <laughs> and and. The, the, the truest thing was something I saw in one of Stuart Mandel's mailbags where, you know, he pointed out, he's like, I hate this, but what's happening is this is television execs are running realignment because they're, he may not have said running it, but they're saying, oh, we would love to put on USC versus Michigan or whatever, make that a conference game and blah, 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 because the casual fan in New York yeah. wants to see that. The guy, the guy that just bets a lot and doesn't actually and, care about college football. And, yeah, and what we're forgetting is that, like, I mean, if we ultimately go away from, like, Georgia playing UT Martin and UAB and Ball State, all right, whatever. But Georgia-Missouri still matters a little bit. Georgia-Vanderbilt, like, having, having those kind of games, giving access, like, it was – Really interesting that Georgia almost lost to Missouri last year. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm what, sure if, if every week, spike that night. if every week is Georgia against LSU, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Alabama, like it, that's when it becomes the NFL. I agree. This is, I mean, someone should read my column in New York Magazine about this. It's a very thing right now because I think yeah. that's the thing is that like what you're doing. The more you strip this stuff away, the more you reveal that this actually is minor league football. Like, I don't think of it as minor league football, and I think it's so much more interesting than minor league football. But if you strip away all the stuff that we actually care about, 
you're you're just making minor league football. Like if you try to make it like the NFL, you're like the NFL except not as good. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little bit like Michigan and Kentucky being Georgia light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. not the real it's not yeah. the real. Yeah. It looks movie. college football's attraction is the regionalism. Yeah. yeah. It's the traditions. Okay, so uh, we only have you for a little bit more time. So uh, I want to, which get, is to say, the show is going long. Uh, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's it's, it's going long for you. It's you're, not going you're, long you're for saying us. this like I have to go. Yeah, no, like, you're correct. Sorry. We all have to. Well, go. Well, we can't talk about you if you don't leave. Yeah, I mean, so I can, but. here, here's what I want to ask before we leave. Uh, before before you go, uh, two th- and then we're going to wrap up. We're not going to yammer too much. Yeah. We'll, we'll all close up together. Um, but I I want to say that like when you. To me, the story of... I, I'm not kidding about the idea that I want three more than I wanted to. I think there is oh, a agree. drive. And I think part of that drive is because, as I wrote in my New York Magazine piece, this feels like the last season of college football as we know it. Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to like college football after this year or it's over. It just means so many you, so many things are changing. SEC is going to have Oklahoma and Texas. Big Ten's gonna it's going to be so much teams. harder. And it's gonna be, exactly. Yeah. It's going to be so much harder, and everything's going to be different, and everything's going to be weird, and it feels like the opportunity that they have right now mm-hmm. is not an opportunity I think it's gonna, a team is going to get for a long time, mm-hmm. and I would argue increases the urgency to do it. Interesting that you use the word urgency, like there's almost pressure. Yeah, which I which I would argue is a good thing for them. Which is a And there was no pressure last year, was there? It was all fun last year. Yeah. If anyone felt pressure, it would have been. I guess if if anyone would have felt pressure, it would be Stetson. Because the I, idea, like, why'd you come back? I remember talking to his mom about this uh, last December um, when I did that feature on on him and talked to both of his parents, and like she agreed with it, like. The movie was supposed to end. Yeah, right, right. With him crying right, right. at the end of the national championship, and then he just came back. Yeah, and not only did it again, like did it better. Yeah, and it was like, so you write, so the movie, the movie ends with him crying, and then there's a postscript, and then the next year he came back and won it all again. Right, right. And actually, this time went fifteen and zero and was a Heisman yeah, finalist. Yeah, yeah. And then when he went to the NFL, in Georgia's case, like. The, the year one, the Keeley Ringo play, like I was, when I was in Minnesota last week, um, I actually was on the treadmill and I pulled up one of those videos of a montage <laughs> of Georgia fans watching uh, yeah. the Keeley Ringo thing. Like, look, I'm, a I'm, I'm, a, I'm an unemotional. Scott's made some great ones himself. Yeah, I'm an unemotional beat writer, but I'm also like, you know, I'm objective, but I also love a great story. That was yeah. such a great story. It was such a great moment. Kirby was wrong, by the way, to tell Keeley to. Yeah, I like, know. No, that just makes that just Keeley makes, it, right. that just makes yeah. it better. But like, I was sitting right next to you when that happened, and I think each of us were going, "Get down!" I don't, get I down. don't think I was. I was getting. I okay, was saying, I don't get think down. I was. I was saying, "Get down!" Yeah, but that that year was so magical. But then, like, they just came back and they did it again. And then you're right. Now that you mention it, like to put it in those stark terms, it's going to be so much harder to do it. Yeah. Because the SEC is going to be harder. And then you're going to have to, even if you're one of the four best teams in the country, win three games, which is more than two. Um, And the first round is going to weed out the – Someone's going to get knocked out that shouldn't get knocked out. It just happens. I mean, Michigan got knocked out against TCU, and they should have not gotten knocked against TCU. And that's four. 
So yeah. imagine how many more of our opportunities is going to be. Like, I think Michigan plays TCU 10 times. They win seven or eight. But oh, yeah. Just, that fair. was just one yeah. of the ones they lost. Yeah, that game yeah. went off course for them. And yeah. so. Well, well, I mean, what the, <laughs> look, we're talking about winning. We're talking about three beat right now. Um, Which is absurd. 2015 Tony could not have fathomed. Yeah, but, the, but well, while we're here. Let's do know? it. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about it. And I think. I think it's interesting. Um, I think it's interesting that Georgia fans, by and large, are in the same place. Let's go ahead and do it. I mean, we haven't. Look, we haven't let the the fact that something has happened, you know, multiple times. Like custom hasn't destroyed us. Like, um, the, you know, miraculous by repetition causes things to stop to be miraculous, and that that hasn't happened to us, right? That's such a great thing about our fan base right now. Look, listen. I've been going on the screen. Maybe I did a little bit. Guys, we've won two national championships in a row. Stop being keyboard warriors. We don't have to answer any insult. We are now the team. We are the team. It's fine if someone wants to chirp. You know what? Tell them to look at the scoreboard. Tell them to look at the scoreboard. We are two-time national champs. And I'm with Will. We're here. Let's do it again. Okay, so we're going to close with two things. Uh, one is a trivia game, just because I've got you here. Oh, yeah, I like it. And then, and this is going to be hot potato. So what hot potato is, hot potato is, I give you, let's say I said, um, books of the Bible. Okay. And then you'd go Genesis. And, and, and you might say Acts. Oh. And you might say letters of the Romans. Until one person can't do them anymore. Letters to the Bible not going to be. We're not doing the Bible. Don't my worry. best don't worry, don't worry. subject. So this is, here this. is your trivia yeah. question. Here's your trivia. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen. Give me uh, the last sixteen quarterbacks to start a game for Georgia. Okay. The last sixteen. To I'll do let you it. go first. All you, all you have to do is say one. You say one. Oh, we're going in order. Okay, all right. Okay. No, you'll do an order. You can say any of the sixteen. <laughs> I will just let you know if you've missed one. Like if you say if you say Tom Brady, I'm like, eh, you lost. He won. I think this will be easier to go reverse chronological order. I'll start with Stetson. Dewan Mathis. Two. Go. Oh, I, yeah. you're not participating. No, I know. I've got. I've got. Right. Right uh, JT Daniels. Three. 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 You don't have to go in order. You do not oh, have yeah. to go in order. Mason. Jake Fry. Oh, good. Um, Jake Beeson. Grayson Lambert. Oh, wow. We're at, how many? We're seven now? Seven. Um, we go back to 1995 okay, to help wow. you out. Fine. A.J. Green. Sorry, who? A.J. Green? I'm sorry. He <laughs> <laughs> did start. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. Yeah. No, did I say Grayson Lambert already? Twice, did. actually. Okay. Um, Faton Bata. Correct. Oh, oh, oh! That was my hidden one. He took Let it us from not me. forget the Fendara era. Uh, the moment of like, oh, error. Um, DJ Shockley. Ten. Joe Cox. Eleven. Uh, Quincy Carter. Twelve. Matt Sto- uh, Stafford. Thirteen. Yeah, three left. Three left. Oh, oh, hold on. I'm missing one. What year? 99? 95. 95 is the the person started, the last person on this list started his first game in 1995. 
the earliest person on this list. Corey Phillips. Incorrect. And the three that you did not get. Oh, yeah. He's go ahead, go ahead, keep going, keep going. Keep Joe Tereshinsky. Correct. Oh, JT. Oh. Did we say David Green? You did not say David, David Green. Green. That's what I meant. That's yes. right. David Green. And you have one more. I can't believe one I more. David it Green. is, in fact, the 1995 person, the first one on this list. Mike Bobo. He should Mike run the ball because it is Mike Bobo. That is Let the record correct. show. Well played. That the Georgia writer. Yes. Beat writer. Well played. You got it. Yeah. I would agent would probably That's a great question. Probably yeah. through a pass yeah. at some point. Yeah, that's great. Okay, and then so we have about jerseys. Yes, yes. And then we have a question to close. Uh, from Caleb Flowers. Uh, Scott wanted to make sure we asked this question. It's a question for both of you and really for all of us. Caleb asks, hey guys, I'm a huge fan of your show. I live out in Colorado, which I presume means he actually just got kicked off scholarship uh, by Deion Sanders. Uh, I'm a huge fan of your show. I live out in Colorado and I'm making my first trip to Athens with my family for the UAB game. I want to tailgate and see the dog walk, but I have no idea what to expect or where to start with that? Do you have any suggestions? Also, what are some spots that would be good to watch games after the game? Being a fan from afar has been really hard to find people who care for the dogs. Your show has been a lifesaver for me, Caleb. That's so, a new game, you, you right? You go. That's a new game? I, I don't think they've announced the time for that one yet. For you and me? Uh, I think that's the second game? Oh, ball, no, that's the fourth game. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah think it's the fourth one. one. I'll, yeah. check, I'll check. So, Caleb, I... Look... If I'm making one, if I'm making a poker machine. It has not been announced yet. The time of that game. I wonder around campus. I really do. Um, start out, to, it depends where you're staying, but start out North Campus, come to South Campus, go past the stadium. The dog walk will be, what, how, what time's the dog walk? It's always two and a half hours before kickoff. I think it's more than that. Uh, no, yeah. I think is I think I think it's less. I think is it's it, like oh, an hour, and, 45, hour okay. and 45 minutes. Yeah, it's about so the just sweet be at the Tate Center for that. Um, if you can get over there, uh, you'll be able uh, to get in a bridgeless world. You'll be able to get over there. Um, I mean, look, <laughs> walk around, introduce yourself as a Georgia fan from Colorado to bring your kids to the first game. Somebody will come up with a piece of chicken and a cold <laughs> drink for you. It just happened that way. Um, as far as the post game, actually, to Dooley, find a place to watch games. Dooley's in downtown Athens is yeah. like the place right now. Um I, I not a sponsor could be, um, but they are the closest thing to a sports bar there is. If you haven't been there, it's on Broad Street. They have. What's the student percentage there? Um, it depends. It depends. The students just got here, and I hate them so much right now. So I, I will love them in a couple of weeks, but right now I, they they can't. I'm so happy they're back. So happy they're back. I'm happy they're back in theory. I just need them to like get adjusted because well, they're no, not doing the first, great. The first two and a half weeks of every semester. Is as thing. soon as they get off your lawn out here. As soon as they figure out how to turn left without <laughs> yeah. an arrow. If yeah. they can figure out how to turn left there's without a, an wait, arrow. Wait, hold on. There's They're a, not the ones with cars. There's a lot You're of, blaming them. There's a lot of cars. They don't have cars. There's a lot of people. There's a lot higher really? of cars yeah. than they used to be. There's That's what I would say that's the biggest change I've seen since I moved here are, A, there's just more students everywhere, but B, more of them have cars, which, is, which is actually sure. surprising. And I think part of it, I don't think they're obsessive drivers. I think their parents have more money and they're spending more money on this stuff and they're, they feel like they need to get them a car. That's yeah. actually what I, I There are a lot of people who... Did not regularly drive until the past four months. Yeah. That, uh, it's, it's a thing every year. Uh, I'm proud to say that my daughter left her car in Watkinsville. That's a privilege because her parents only live yeah. 15 well, I did miles not have away. a car in college. And I, I really, loved not yeah. having a car in college. I did but, it until my sophomore year. 
Oh yeah, look for him. And away. it was yeah. a shitty car. Over. Yeah. So. Um, but having said that, um, yeah, go to Dooley's. Go to. I, I think. Look, it's the root's a good place to go. We we we've had some the good root, luck at the, the root. Is not terrible. Yeah. It's not terrible. They do have a lot of TVs. The problem is Athens doesn't have a great sports bar. It's um, been my common complaint about this place. They although don't. although Dooley's is getting there. I again, I would put it this way. You are. If, uh, I've said this. This is my official stance on sports bars. If I cannot walk into your sports bar and watch any college football game that I want to at your sports bar, you are not a sports bar. You are a bar that just has the basic cable package. Yeah. A sports bar. If I can't watch, like I understand nobody here cares about the Big Ten Network, but if you're a sports bar, you've got every yeah. game. That's, That's the fair. whole point of, having, of being a sports bar. I will say that I went this summer. I went to Dooley's. They had two different screens with Wimbledon on. They also had some sort of because this is what we the world we live in. They also had some sort of um, uh, tennis betting thing going, uh, and they also had ESPN going. Um, Sounds like they don't have the package. I will. I will say this. Maybe this is the finishing thought. Maybe it's not. But to Corey, it was Corey. Corey in Colorado. Um, I say this as somebody who's been showing a couple coworkers around Athens. Caleb. 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 Sorry, Sorry, I apologize. Uh, Corey Phillips was on my mind because you errantly answered that. Um, As someone who's been showing a couple colleagues from out of town, from the north and the west, uh, around Athens, Athens is awesome. I'm not from Athens. I did not live full-time in Athens until I was 33, 34, 2010. And Athens is great. Athens saved my life. I don't know if that's an exaggeration. Just go to Broad Street or go park on Jackson. Park your car where you can. Get out of your car. Walk around. Take it in. Find a place like, you know, window shop. Find this this bar good. Go in and then have a beer or, or whatever drink and then leave and go to another one. And just walk around, take it in, enjoy it. Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point, especially pre-game. Uh, any place that looks like a bar that you wouldn't want to take your kids in is perfectly fine to do so. Uh, most game, it also depends on the game time. For the noon game, sure. If it's a three thirty fourth, I guess that potentially has a four thirty yeah, SEC network game vibe. Yeah, I wouldn't do it after the game, but everyone's going to tell you kids up. Yeah, well, yeah, but still. And Caleb also just emailed us again, and uh, you know you, you, you're, you're sweet enough with your uh, with your remarks. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll meet you up one of our tailgates. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Figure out how it goes. Um, all right, Seth. Thank you as always for being a part of our big Georgia preview show. My pleasure, and, as uh, always. And everyone should should be subscribing to the Athletic already. Uh, so. D- d- don't uh, I know some of you are listening and being like, "Wait, well, don't the New York Times own those guys?" But the New York Times does a lot of great work. And they're not, uh, they do a good job. So, so uh, they're not in sports because that's the athletic business. Anyway, uh, have a great, uh, thank you, Seth, for having a good time coming with us. And we'll be back to do our actual preview of an actual game against uh, actual T. Martin. I don't mean like Tennessee Martin, I mean the guy. The guy. The guy. T. Martin they're going to be actually, playing T. Martin. Yeah, yeah they're going to yeah. be playing T. Martin. Doesn't seem fair on paper. Yeah, but you know but what? You know what? He was plucky. He was plucky. He, he won a national championship. And Peyton, Peyton he was a dual not. threat. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Be safe, everyone. Uh, thank you again, Seth, for coming on. We'll talk to everybody next week. But until then, 
Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back early next week for our Georgia versus Tennessee Martin preview show, along with a couple of new sponsors for this college football season. Please follow Seth at Seth W. Emerson on Twitter X and subscribe to The Athletic if you have not already. We'll see you on campus next Saturday. And as always, go dogs.